0: Good evening, I'm October Weeks, paranormal horror, dark fantasy author. I also write paranormal romance under the name Libby Bishop. Welcome to Haunted October's Paranormal Podcast. Grab your favorite drink, cozy up around the campfire, and enjoy the show. So, tonight we're going to talk about ghosts. I firmly believe in ghosts, I've had several of my own experiences, some of which made it into the Isles and West series, and I'll let you know about those as we go along. I think my first notable experience was when I was 15. My friend Lainey and I decided to go for a walk one night around 10 o'clock, around 10 o'clock. We lived in a really small town in Vermont where everything closed at nine and by 9.30, the streets were pretty much barren of cars and people. And so we were gonna go down to the high school, which was about a little less than a mile from where I lived, and go ice skating. So the the night was beautiful, the stars are out, the moon was huge in the sky, I think it was almost full, so we had plenty of light. We didn't need flashlights to see, and down at the ice rink they had uh, street lamps uh, around the skating rink. So we skated for about a half hour, forty minutes, and then as we were lacing our boots, it felt like someone was watching us. So from the bench we were sitting on, we looked around, didn't see anyone, didn't see any animals. So we just kind of brushed it off, but the feeling was still there. So when we stood up and walked a few feet away from the rink, we looked around again. And again, we didn't see anybody and we didn't see any animals, but 20 feet to the left of the skating rink was a field. 20 feet in to that field was a perfect Five foot diameter circle of footprints. The problem with this is that wasn't there when we came, when we, you know, arrived, and there's no footprints going in, and there's no footprints coming out. But there was this perfect circle of footprints. And we searched for five, ten minutes to try to find any other explanation as to why those footprints were there and how they got there. And as we did the this feeling of dread settled in so we decided to just leave and go back to my place. Well, the second we turned, the wind blew so hard that it pushed us backwards. And then it stopped for a second. So we, you know, walked a few yards and it blew again and again it pushed us back a few feet. The third time we ran we got halfway through the parking lot and the wind blew again so hard that it pushed us uh, probably three or four yards backwards. And it took us a good 15 minutes or so to get out of the parking lot. And then the second our feet were off school property, the wind stopped. Everything stilled. So we were walking up back. So there's a little hill um, as you come out of the parking lot. And across the street, about a quarter of a mile, was a retirement home. And at that time, they had a swinging sign um, in the front by the road. And that sign was swinging wildly, as if the wind was still blowing. But nothing else was moving. The trees were still. But every other sign on that street was still. The only thing moving was that sign. So we spedwalk, needless to say, at a very good clip back to my house. That event inspired the scene in Over the River, the first Isles and West book, where Delilah and Millie are, le- are turning to leave the homestead they're investigating, and a gust of wind stops them from doing so. So that is what inspired that scene. About eight months after that ice skating incident, uh, in the fall, Lainey and I decided to go for a walk again. It was about 10.30 at night, and there's a park a little less than a quarter mile, uh, the town park, from where I lived. Across the street from that was a big white church. We got to the start of the park, and we both stopped walking. We stopped walking and talking at the same time. And I, and this feeling of something not being right. It wasn't even that someone was watching us. It was just something didn't feel right. And I turned to my friend and I said, Laney, do you feel that? And she said, do you hear that? And I said, I don't hear anything, but something feels really wrong. So we decided to turn around, um, and head back to my place. And, so, we crossed the road because I lived on the same side of the street as the church. And as much as I didn't want to, we crossed the road because it really felt like something something was not right on that side of the road. We crossed where the cafe was, which was a little bit away from the entryway to the church. And we got about 20 feet in, um, past the cafe when I suddenly heard the sound of children laughing, high pitched children's laughing, and it was not friendly. And I turned to Lainey and I said, do you hear that? She goes, that's what I've been hearing. And it sent chills all the way through my body. Like every hair on my body stood on end. And we started walking very fast and as we did you could hear these children a little boy and a girl from the laughter probably seven or eight years old and you could hear them back from the church running towards us still with this high pitched laughing so we started running and they were suddenly right beside us like one was beside Laney and one was beside me and we kept just running fast as we could and the those children and their laughter went away when we passed the cemetery, which was about um, 10 or so yards from where I live. We stopped on the porch, the front porch, to catch our breath before we went back inside. And I, that, there is a special place in the fear spectrum for children who are scary as fuck. And those kids scared the shit out of me. And about four years or so later, I think it was almost five years later, my friend was driving down the road and she passed that cemetery. And when she did, she saw two children's hands uh, clasped together, just their hands. And she's like, oh crap. So she was telling one of her co-workers, and that co-worker said, oh, well, a few years ago we had a um, seance in that cemetery. And Lainey's like, how far back? And she said, oh, about four or five years. And, and Lainey had said, you didn't close that circle. You have to close that circle because those kids are still around. And I can guarantee you that they did not do that. Because I worked across the street from that cemetery, and those kids are still there. They don't come out of it, at least not when I'm around. But I can feel them in there. So, Laney and I used to have a lot, a lot of experience like that in high school. We still have experience like that, but in high school it was just different because, you know, you don't have the knowledge to help you through those situations. So around the age of 17, we finally talked to our favorite school counselor. And I love this counselor. She was so helpful with so many things. And she listened. You could tell her about about anything and everything. So we told her about our experiences and she mentioned her friend who was a Wiccan and that she thought it would be a good idea if we met with her. So with my mother's permission, Uh, This woman came over to our house, and we had a very nice meeting with her, and during this meeting, she explained energy play and using your energy as a barrier to protect yourself, and um, not just from the energy of the dead, but also from energy of the living, because we all have energy, and some of us have energy that is not pleasant, so i do use that in the isles and west series it's very prominent um it's a very prominent way for uh, those in the isles and west world to protect themselves and to also push ghosts and darker beings um, back to where they belong so this came in mighty handy um because i think it was about a month later I was sleeping and I got woken up at about 1 in the morning to the sound of pebbles hitting my bedroom window. So I kind of blew it off at first and tried to go back to sleep and then the sound of pebbles got louder. And I just remember thinking I didn't want to open my eyes. I do not want to open my eyes at this moment. Because the most unpleasant feeling was filling my room every time a pebble hit my window. So, I finally did open my eyes and I looked at my window and this black mass, and I do not mean a shadow, I mean a black mass was coming through my window and my the air in my room started to vibrate and I'm like, ugh, That's not, I literally think I made that noise. And I threw an energy shield around myself and this mass just pressed against it and so hard that it felt like I was suffocating and it wasn't even touching me physically it was just touching my barrier and I felt like I was gonna suffocate. So I finally did get it off of me. I did not go back to sleep. I was up. I, I was afraid that if I closed my eyes something else was gonna happen so, so I stayed awake. Um, When I saw Lainey at school that day, I explained to her what happened and she said the exact same thing happened to her at the exact same time. And that is how in tune our gifts were, for lack of a better term, with each other. She could be at her house on the other side of town and I could be at mine and we would have the exact same experience at the exact same time. In my bedroom, was not the only place in that um, apartment that I had experiences. I hated the bathroom. I hated the bathroom, especially the mirror and the shower. Because when you were in the shower, when you were facing the shower head, it felt like someone was massage a very male presence, was massaging your back. And when you were turned the other way, it felt like they were massaging your front. It was so... So violating, but I could. No matter what I did, I could not get him out of the bathroom. And as it turned out, I was not the only one feeling that. Uh, several of my girlfriends had the exact same experiences in the shower, even the non-sensitive friends that I had. So when the Wiccan came, the woman came over again. About, I don't know. I think it was about two weeks later, and I explained. Uh, what was happening in the bathroom as well as the latest incident in my bedroom so she was she said she'd like to walk by our apartment so I'm like okay so we let her stay ahead of us by like three feet because we didn't you know want to interfere with her process or anything and she was holding her necklace um, that had a pentagram and a crystal on it she was dangling that from her index finger. And we were in my room, and she stopped between my bureau and my bed. Um, and there was, from the foot of my bed to my bureau, there was about maybe two and a half feet. And she said, I need you to come over here. So I went over there. She gave me the necklace. I dangled it just like she had been. And she said, I want you to put your hand be- in, the, in between the foot of your bed and your bureau. So I did, and the second my that necklace and my hand were completely outstretched it felt like someone grabbed my wrist and yanked down hard like i thought i was going to go face first into the rug and i looked at her and i said what the hell is that and she said that is an energy line i (laughs) turned to laney and i said of course there'd be an energy line in my bedroom because why not But it did explain the experiences I was having in the room as well as the bathroom because the bathroom, besides the tub, the mirror, sometimes when you looked in the mirror, it wasn't you looking back. And then other, and I found this more frightening, other times it was you looking back, like you looked like you. but. The you in the mirror was making different facial expressions. So you knew it was not you looking back, but to have your reflection looking back at you differently was a totally new fucked up experience. And that is why there is a scene in The Duchess, which is Isles and West book two where Delilah has an experience like that, it freaked me out writing it. I hated writing that scene, but it was such a perfect scene for what was happening in the book that I couldn't not write it, but it still freaked me out, and I had a couple of nightmares after that about that bathroom and the experiences that I had, and I almost hated the fact that I had had those experiences even more because now I had to write them into the book and I had no problem telling it from Delilah's POV her point of view because I had experienced it so I knew how she was feeling having herself look back at her um, in a way that she was not looking at herself we actually Laney, I, and another friend, Katie, uh, went on a school trip to Salem, Mass, uh, not long after that incident, and there is a store, a little shop in Salem that I, to this day, cannot go into because that first time I went in, I think I lasted about two minutes before I walked out, and Laney walked right out uh, about two seconds after I did because the energy in the shop was so heavy and nauseating that I felt like I was gonna throw up. So I went outside, Lainey came outside right after me and we both sat on the bench. And to this day, the energy is still the same in that shop. So when we go to Salem, Katie can go in and we'll wait for her outside, but we refuse to go in. Um, that is not the only experience we had in Salem, um, and that's really not surprising considering Salem's history. Um, but we went down when we were about 20 years old, and um, there was a place that we, and we thought we had hit just about all the places down there by that time, but we hadn't. And so we went to this, like, it was like a museum um, type of place, museum theater and they were showing um, a film about ghosts in pictures and photographs. So we're like, okay, let's go. We haven't been before. Well, the moment you walk into this place, it feels weird. It's not like a bad weird. It's just like when you come to a place and the nothing flows in, into each other correctly, you know, from room to room. So we sat down and the way... The seats were, uh, we couldn't sit all three together, so Katie sat with me towards the back and about probably three or four feet in front of us, uh, Laney sat. And the, our host was, um, was a shorter man, gray hair. Um, he was very creepy. He had the creepiest um, energy. And so I put a barrier around me and Katie because Katie's non-sensitive. Um, And she can't always feel that type of energy. So we're watching the film and he is pointing out, you know, the ghosts or what was you know, wrong in the picture. And he's missing half of what is in those pictures. And he had said he had had about 10 or 12 years of experience, so that set me on edge even more. I'm like, why is he missing all of these things if he's a professional? So, and as he's talking he's walking around in circles and around us and he kept getting closer and closer to Laney and I was so freaked out by this like I was so worried that I unshielded myself and threw all of the energy I could around Katie and Laney and when we left that building I felt like I needed a shower I mean I felt dirty and disgusting like someone had brushed their creepy-ass energy all over me and I really just wanted to shower and that clung to me for about two days that energy and we that is another place we will never walk into ever again when we're down there. Um, Fast forward to about 22 I had just moved in with my boyfriend into the house he just bought and we were together 12 years, and the only time we were briefly on the same shift was during that time, about the age of 22, 23. So I had gotten up first at about 4.30 in the morning, and I always kept a a night light on, or the light on in the bathroom, because I'm a klutz in the morning, and there is a wood stove between our stairway and the entryway into the kitchen, which leads to the bathroom. So I get down to the bottom of the stairs and I turn and I'm looking at the opposite wall and there's a shadow of a man wearing a wide brim hat on the wall. I'm like, what the fuck? It is too early for this. And I see him turn his head. So he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and my nerves are on end. I'm like, I can't deal with this right now. So he darts through the doorway to the kitchen, and I'm like, oh, of course you would. So, And I turned on every light between the hallway and the bathroom. And while I was in the bathroom the entire time, I could hear him pacing outside my door. And by the time it was time for me to get out of the bathroom and let my boyfriend in, I walked out reluctantly and my boyfriend was in the kitchen making his coffee and he's like, why is every light in the house on? And I told him what had happened and he tried to find every excuse as to why I had this experience and which it really pissed me off because I had told him about other experiences and he kind of brushed them off. You know, he wasn't pushy negative about it but you know, he wasn't a believer, which was fine. If he didn't believe, it was fine. All I asked was that he respected me and my experiences. So when he brushed that event off, I was so pissed. And I got even more angry on the way home because he started telling me about his cat that he had um, when he was a kid. And that cat passed away when he was 12. And when the cat was alive, it spent a lot of time in his room and even slept on the end of his bed. And he said that after the cat passed away when he was 12, about two days later, he um, was just falling asleep and he felt uh, the familiar weight of his cat at the end of his bed. So he looked down and there was his cat, two days since its death, uh, hanging out at the bottom of, um, at the end of his bed. And I I just remember, because I was driving and I kept looking over at him, he's like, what? I'm uh, like, I told you there's a ghost in our house this morning and now you're telling me about your dead cat after you told me that ghosts don't exist. So that made the half hour ride home unpleasant. He did eventually believe me because he started having his own experiences. But yeah, that uh, that was not a good ride home. Um, and that was not the only experience I had in that house Um that was actually the only experience with that ghost. So I'm pretty sure that he was just passing through, you know, maybe he attached himself um, to my boyfriend or one of his friends because he didn't follow me home. But in the basement is where I had all my writing stuff. So my writing desk, you know, my computer. I also had all of my books down there. And so I spent a lot of time down there. Well, the first few years were fine, but around the third or fourth year, um, a darkness, like a dark presence, just started filling the room every now and then. Because our basement um, was basically like split in half. On one side was where I used uh, as my computer room, library area, and on the other side, you know, was the furnace, the hot water heater, uh, the laundry was in there. So. I it was on the side of the laundry room, and every probably few days, uh, it I could feel it down there, and I hit, and I would not go down there because it felt like it meant harm, like someone wanted to hurt me. So I was very careful about when I went down there, and normally it was when my boyfriend was home, because I felt no matter how ridiculous it sounds now, but I felt more. I felt safer if he was in the house and I was in the basement. Because at least then if something happened, there was someone else there. That ghost never hurt me, but the intent was there. And it really sucked because that was actually, the house was small. It was a little, almost like a little Swiss chalet cabin. And so it was very small. And that was the only place in the house for me to have my computer and all my books. So that sucked. But not all of the experiences in that house with ghosts were bad. Um, most notably, Katie, I call her the ghost carrier, and this is why. So she had a conference in the town over from us. So she was staying with us overnight. Um, and my boyfriend slept on the couch to give us the bedroom so we could talk, you know, without disturbing him too much. And I wake up about 2 in the morning, and there's a man at the end of the bed who looked absolutely nothing like my boyfriend. And I knew, by the way, he felt that he was a ghost. So I'm like, you need to leave, because I'm not going to be able to get back to sleep knowing you're standing there. And he was just staring at my best friend. And Katie, of course, is oblivious. She's just snoring her way through it. And he looked at me like I had just ruined the most beautiful moment, like, what the fuck lady, that is so rude. So I said, you need to leave or I am pushing you out. So he left and when we were both up in the morning I told Katie and she's like, well and I'm like, well what? And she said, when I was at the conference we had a break and I was sitting by myself, there was no one around me, there were no, you know, there was no pets in the building, nothing. But she felt someone or something caressed her ankle in a little bit of her calf. And I said, oh my God, you gotta tell me this shit before you come in so that I am at least aware that something might be attached to you. And she does this, sometime, most of the time, she's it's unbeknownst to her that she has something attached. But I, she does tell me If something occurs that's abnormal so that I know that something probably attached itself to her and it's probably because she leaves them with me they all I don't know if they like can sense it or something like hey she has someone who can you know uh, see us and hear us so let's attach yourself to her I don't know but that is what it feels like sometimes Um, around the age of 32 33 I bought my own house and downstairs off the living room is a bedroom. And in this bedroom from the day I moved in, you could feel a female presence. She was very quiet during the day, but at night she paced. I called her the pacer and all she did was pace at night and she would not talk to me. I tried, I even bought one of those mini recorders and tried to get her to talk to me that way, but she wouldn't. And then one night, um, probably two years into, um, after I bought the house, I was just lying down, like my head just hit the pillow. And I hear my name, crystal clear, spoken about two inches from my ear. And I popped up in bed and I said, look, I hear you, I feel you, but I cannot help you unless you tell me what's wrong. What do you need? And she never answered me that night and, um, or any of the following nights, but about a month after that encounter, I had a friend come over and he was painting my hallway, upstairs hallway, um, the stairway and the living room. And once that project was finished, the pacer was a little calmer, but she still paced um, every single night. And it sometimes kept me up because that room is directly below my bedroom So, I could hear her, and sometimes I'd hear my name called from her from downstairs, but she never never said more than my name, which was, it really started to get irritating, because I really wanted to help her, because she felt very nice. She just felt like she was lost, like she needed something, and I could not get her to tell me what. And it was really frustrating, because I really did want to help her, so about four months later after he painted uh, we found holes by accident we found holes in the wall of my um, pantry laundry room and i decided well let's just strip the wallpaper fix it and then repaint and we'll just make we'll just do a whole you know redo of the room so we found a lot more holes, by the way, on both sides of the room uh, underneath that like wallpaper, and it was hideous. Well, some of that wallpaper was really ugly, um, and the house was built in 1910, so that's not really surprising. Once that room was done, once it was properly fixed, painted, all freshened up, that pacer was happy. Like, you could feel her happiness in the air, and a couple days later, she was gone. I feel her now every few months she just kind of floats through the house kind of like to say hey how you doing and then leaves so something about that room being um, being on fix really irritated her because she did not get happy and she did not leave until that room was fixed up properly Um, she was the only ghost attached to my house when I bought it. Every other ghost since then has just been passing through. Most recently, um, in January, when Hallmark, when the Hallmark Channel does their Winterfest movies, so I sat down to watch a Hallmark movie, which I love those movies, and as corny as they are. And so I'm sitting there, and it was about 20 minutes into the movie, I was drinking my hot chocolate all cozied up on the recliner, And I suddenly felt a male energy, and it was very agitated, coming in between, you know, in the doorway between the dining room and the living room. And I said, can you please go away? I don't want to, I will talk to you later. Um, I just don't want to do this right now because I just want to relax. I had already had a really hard day at work, and I just wanted to relax, enjoy my cocoa, and enjoy my Hallmark movie. And he got really irritated with me for saying that. And he started to come in the room like he, you know you could feel like he was this, like he puffed himself up almost and walked in the room and I said oh no you don't. I said you have two choices. You can go into the kitchen and wait for me to be done with this movie or I can kick your ass out of my house. And he did. He stomped stomped into the kitchen and pouted throughout the entire movie and then by the end of the credits, when I'm, like, ready to say, okay, what do you want, he left. Like, you know when a uh, kid is throwing a tantrum and they throw their hands up in the air, like, I'm done with you, I can't deal with this shit. That's why he did. And I laugh about it, because <laughs> it's so funny. And it probably will end up in one of my paranormal romance books, because, and the, probably in the Revenant investigation series, because it's just almost too funny not to put on paper. I also get asked a lot by readers um, because of the darkness that's, uh, the Isles & West series is dark paranormal mystery, horror, so I get asked if I have ever had a dark, a really truly dark experience with a ghost and the answer to that is yes, Um. so the guy who painted my house and fix the pantry area uh, we were together for a long time and he used to live um, in a farmhouse and it was an old farmhouse and so I was used to feeling ghosts and you know just kind of say hey how you doing and that was it you know there was never they were pleasant you know none bad experiences so two or three months into our relationship I was spending the night at his place and the second I closed my eyes there was a man um, in my dreams and I kid you not he looked like the Gordon Fisherman dude from uh, the commercials only a little bigger and his hands were on my throat so fast that I did not have time to throw a shield up over myself And I, he was choking, I could not get air. And while he was choking me, I, my mind was filled with the most horrible, violent images. You know, like, um, like I was getting like a movie in my head of his past actions while he was choking me. Which made it even, you know, more difficult to breathe. I finally, I was trying to gather energy and it was hard because I was so out of air But I finally managed to pulse one pulse of energy out of myself and I did it in a spike because you can envision um, your energy, you can form it. So I did it in one spiky uh, pulse and that got him off me. And the next morning I told my boyfriend what had happened and he said, Oh, I was hoping that didn't happen because he had had the same experience A few days prior and he was hoping it was kind of like a one-off or it was just a really bad dream and I confirmed that it was not a dream and he had told the ghost not to come near him like that again and the ghost did not however he got on me twice more at the farmhouse and then he went quiet for four months so I'm thinking okay we got rid of him awesome no that was not the case Um, I was going to bed and the second I closed my eyes, there he was. And he lunged at me like his, he was straddling my waist with his hands on my throat. And that, what followed that moment was one of the most violent struggles that I've ever had with a ghost. And when, I mean, I was pulsing at him, he just kept coming back and trying to choke me. And I was, I am fairly certain that through those images that he killed somebody when he was alive and then somebody killed him the exact same way. When I snapped out of that dream, we you know when I woke up, um, I was all messed up in that bed. I was horizontal and I had the blankets wrapped around my legs and my shirt was hiked up, like almost all the way up um to my shoulders and I could feel my entire body was just covered in a sheen of sweat. And it, so while I was fighting him in my dream, I was am pretty certain he was actually on me in real life and that we were actually fighting because I went to the bathroom after I caught my breath and there were red marks on my neck. So why I thought I was dreaming that fight, I was actually having that fight. I am pretty certain that if I didn't get him off me, he either would have killed me or severely injured me. I texted my boyfriend and told him what had happened. You know, Because I didn't go back to sleep. I stayed up. I went downstairs. I think I drank about three cups of chamomile tea, trying to calm down and when it was around 7 in the morning I texted my boyfriend and told him what happened I'm like he fucking followed me home I'm like it's been four months and he now he's suddenly in my fucking house well as it turns out my boyfriend had another experience but he hadn't wanted to tell me about it so he saged he brought sage and he smudged the farmhouse and ...told the ghost that he had to leave and told him in no uncertain terms that he was to come no more near me. Well, two days later, that attack happened. And a few hours later, after we texted, uh, my boyfriend came over with Sage. And we went through the house together and pushed him out of my house. And I have not seen him since, uh, thank the goddess... But that is the most violent um, ghost I have ever encountered. Um, I have encountered darker things, non-human, darker things, and I have never, ever, to this day, um, had an attack that violent. Um, he is not in the books. Um, I don't know if I'll ever write him into the books, I don't foresee myself doing that right now, but you never know, he might eventually end up in the series. So those are some of my experiences with ghosts, um, and some of the experiences that have inspired parts of the series. Thank you for joining me in my first podcast, and until the next podcast, have a great evening.